Appreciate it. Today we're going to continue our study of, of great men of the Bible. We've spent about a couple months looking at some of the great men of the Bible. We're going to continue that today. Today is our third week uh, looking at the life of David. A very interesting life, a very profound life, a man that God himself calls a man after his own heart. What a tremendous thing that is. And so again, we're going we're to pick up in our third week looking at the life of King David. We started off, if you remember, looking at uh, really the calling of King David, the anointing of, of David, uh, that he's going to be king and how uh, he was the least likely uh, that men wouldn't have picked him and that yet God had selected him. And so Samuel goes and identifies him as the king. Uh, a great story that was, a great account. Then uh, last week we saw the account of David uh, as he fights Goliath, as he kills Goliath, uh, cuts off his head at the army of the Philistines, is defeated, uh, an awesome account. And, and we saw some tremendous things there that it was, that it was his faith in God. It was his, his trust in God that delivered the day. It wasn't his strength. Uh, it wasn't his intellect, but again, it was the trust that God uh, was going to act. And that's, that's how that day uh, carries forward. Well, today we're going to move along and we're going to come to another episode. Really, if you read, uh, there's more written about David in the Bible than there is any other character outside of Christ who covers the entire Bible. Uh, but if you read the accounts, there's some very interesting things, uh, some strange things that happen in the life of David. Well, we're going to see uh, one of those episodes today. Uh, the, the question for the day is this, how do we know what a man looks like? All right, we're going to look at our verses. The question is, how do we know what a man looks like? Uh, that is a question we have looked at before, a question we've discussed several times. Uh, is it from the world? Is that where we take our cues? Uh, is it from the culture? Uh, is it from our friends? Or maybe it's from ourselves or our own perceptions how do we know what a man looks like? Well, uh, today in our account, today here in, in the life of David, we're going to see what I believe a true man, a man of godly character, and really a man of integrity, what that looks like. Now, here's, here's the exciting thing as we look at our verses. Uh, we can actually look at this account, and we can look at what David does, and we can say, you know what? Uh, copy that. There's no other man that I would say, you know what, here's a guy I know, copy him uh, or, or, or pattern your life after him. Well, as we look at this account in God's Word, we could take this account and we could say, you know what, we would do well to copy this pattern. This is what a man looks like. Now, let me set the context up for you here. Saul, who is the king, has turned on David. Now, that seems like a strange thing, uh, but very soon after David kills Goliath, Saul begins to be jealous. And you read the account, he, becomes to, he comes to be resentful uh, of, of David. And he starts to actually want him dead. And so it starts with jealousy, and then it grows into this resentment. And then he actually wants David dead. You, you read, and he, the first thing he does is he puts him in a bad situation. If you'll go and you'll fight 100 Philistines, most likely you'll be killed and so he hopes that he'll be killed. He puts him in a bad situation. And then another time, he puts him in a bad situation again. And you know what? That'll be the end of him there. And he'll be removed there. And, and David keeps prevailing. David keeps rising to the top. And so Saul actually turns and now seeks his death himself. You know what? I will hunt him and I will kill him and I will do it myself. 
David has to be astounded. Think about that. He is caught in the middle. He actually loved Saul. He actually served in Saul's court. He served King Saul. Saul was his king. Saul was the king of his nation, the the king of his people. And more than that, Saul was his father-in-law. He was married to Saul's daughter, King Saul's daughter. So it is an unimaginable thing for David to think that Saul has now turned on him. Not only is he resentful, not only is he jealous, he actually wants him gone. He wants him removed. Well, Saul begins the process of hunting David. He makes it clear. He tells his men, we're going to go, we're going to seek him, and we're going to kill him. And and he starts the process. Um, In the process, we find this day that we're going to come to today, uh, Saul has actually just chased off some Philistines, and now he has this encounter with David. I'm in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 24, again, this very specific day. I'm going to read the account. I'm going to read the entire chapter. And then I'm going to come back today and I'm going to point out three things that are present in a man of godly character. Three things that are present in a man of integrity. All right, here we go, starting in verse 1, chapter 24. Now when Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men. He's had all this he wants. From all of Israel, he went to seek David and his men in the rocks of the wild goats. David is out in the wilderness. He's hiding in the rocks. He came to the sheepfolds on the way where there was a cave. And Saul went in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the inner recesses of the cave. Saul goes into the cave, but further back in the cave are David and his men. The men of David said to him, Behold, this is the day of which the Lord told you. Behold, I'm about to give your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as it seems good to you. The men say, This is the day. We have him. He's he's caught here. He doesn't even see us here. Then David arose and he cut off Saul's robe secretly. He sees him there. Saul doesn't know he's there. He takes his sword and he cuts off part of his robe. It came about afterward that David's conscience bothered him because he had cut off the edge of Saul's robe. Now this is very telling. Uh, He doesn't kill him. He could have killed him. He doesn't kill him. And yet his conscience bothers him that he even cut off his robe. You know what? I shouldn't have cut off his robe. So he said to his men, far be it from me because of the Lord that I shall do this thing to my Lord, the king, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him since he is the Lord's anointed. David persuaded his men with these words and did not allow them to rise up against Saul. And Saul arose, left the cave, and went on his way. Now afterward, David arose and went out of the cave. And called after Saul. Saul starts to leave, saying, My Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the ground and prostrated himself. He, he, lied on the, he laid on the ground. David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men, saying, Behold, David seeks to harm you? Behold, this day your eyes have seen that the Lord had given you today into my hand in the cave. And some said, Kill you. But my eye had pity on you. And I said, 
I will not stretch out my hand against the Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Now my father see, he gives him a, a title of respect. Indeed, see the edge of your robe in my hand, for in that I cut off the edge of your robe and did not kill you. Know and perceive that there is no evil or rebellion in my hands. I could have killed you. I had the chance, but I have the robe in my hand. See that I did not commit evil against you. And I have not sinned against you, though you are lying in wait for my life to take it. May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge me on you. But my hand shall not be against you. As the proverb of the ancients says, out of the wicked comes forth wickedness, but my hand shall not be against you. After whom has the king of Israel come out? Whom are you pursuing? A dead dog? A single flea? David says, I'm nothing to you. The Lord therefore be judged and decide between you and me. And may he see, listen to this, God sees, and plead my case and deliver me from your hand. You know what? I know what I did and you know what I did and God as our witness knows what I did and God has seen. When David had finished speaking these words to Saul, Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? Then Saul lifted up his voice and wept. He said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have dealt well with me while I have dealt wickedly with you. You have declared today that you have done good to me and that the Lord delivered me into your hand and you did not kill me. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him go away safely? May the Lord therefore reward you with good in return for what you've done to me this day. Now behold, I know that you will surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hand. So now swear to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants. Saul says, you know what, I see your righteousness, I see your goodness, I understand that one day you'll be king. When you're king, do not stomp out my descendants. Do not cut off my descendants after me, that you will not destroy my name from my father's household. David swore to Saul, and Saul went to his home. But David and his men went up to the stronghold. Again, we're going to look at three things in this account. There are several things we could pull out. Uh, there, there's, a, there's an overarching message that goes to this account. But today I want us to see, again, three things that are present in a man of integrity. Three things that are present in a man of godly character. Three very quick things. First is this. A man of integrity does the right thing. A man of integrity does the right thing. Listen, when you find a man of godly character, a man of integrity, you can take it to the bank. You're not going to have to question. You're not going to have to wonder. They're going to do the right thing. Now, I want you to listen to this. Be very sure today. Right is always right. You know, we live in a world that says, well, we can't understand that. We're not sure of that. Well, you're right. May not be my right. Listen, right is always right. And I want you to understand, right is always best. And we, we live in a world that says, you know what, it's okay if you fudge a little bit. We live in a world if you compromise a little bit. In fact, we're all compromising, and we'd feel a lot better if you'd compromise as well. You know what, you, you need to consider yourself, and if you do the right thing, it's going to be bad for you. If you do the right thing, it's going to be hard on you. 
I want you to see this in, in this episode of King David. A man of integrity does the right thing. Notice in the cave, he didn't have to weigh it out. He didn't have to say, well, here's my options. He had resolved and his character led him to do the right thing. First thing is this, a man of integrity does the right thing. A man of godly character does the right thing. You know why that is? Because our God's going to do the right thing. Our God is always going to do the right thing. First thing is this, a man of integrity always does the right thing. Second thing is this, a man of integrity, a man of godly character, he honors God in all things. He seeks to honor God in all things. Sunday night we had a, we had a Bible study and, and this is one of the things we came across. But I, but I want you to hear this today and be sure of this. Everything that you do honors God or dishonors God. Everything that you do brings glory to God or it detracts or it hides the glory of God. Sometimes we act like, well, you know what, I can be neutral. You know what, nobody cares about this thing. Nobody knows about this thing. Nobody sees this thing. This thing, I want you to be very sure today, everything that you do, the language that you use, the way that you do your business, your responses to the things of life, even the attitude of your mind and of your heart, everything you do either glorifies God or detracts from the glory of God. A man of integrity, of integrity, a man of godly character weighs every step against the glory of God. God, I, I, need, to, I need to think about how this reflects on you. One of the, one of the things we have to come to realize is, and it's a thing, that's, it's a growing thing, is you carry, you carry his name as a believer. You carry the name of Jesus Christ, our, our Savior, and, 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 and how you respond reflects on the name that you carry. Everything we do should seek the glory of God. If you find a man of godly character, of, of, of godly integrity, they're going to live weighing every decision for the glory of God. And then here's, here's the third thing. Third thing is this, and, and, and it's as plain as day here, and I think sometimes we've, we've made this a little bit softened down, and we're not going to stand on this. Third thing is this. A man of godly character, a man of integrity keeps his word. A man of godly character keeps his word. Remember, remember when people used to say, a man's word is his bond? A man's word is a, his bond. I, I don't know, from my generation down, uh, we probably don't say that very much. We don't hear that very much. Uh, when you put up a bond for something, you know what, I, I've decided to do this thing, and so I put up a bond for it, you put up surety so they know that you're going to follow through. Uh, you put up money. You know what? We've made an agreement. We're going to sell this, this house or this farm, and we're going to close on this date, and I need, I need some earnest money. I need a, a bond put up that you're going to follow through with your side. Well, listen, there used to be a day when we said, you know what? You don't need a signature. You know what? You don't, you're not going to need a bond. You're not going to need money put down. My word is my bond. Let me tell you this, God is truth. Jesus says he is the truth. We are saved by the truth. You're not saved by a version of the truth, you're saved by the truth. Our hope, listen, our hope is in the truth 
And so you be very sure God is opposed to, God is opposite of, God cannot stand a lie. He actually says that. He cannot stand a liar. A man of godly character, a man of integrity, keeps his word. People ought to see our Savior and how we keep our word. People ought to see that the faith that we hold and how we keep our word. They shouldn't run and say, I need a bond, I need a signature. A man of godly character will keep his word. Way past this episode, David goes through some crazy stuff. David establishes his kingdom. He becomes the king. He acts as king. He is established as king. Some tremendous things happen. His kingdom grows, the greatest kingdom that's ever been known up until that point. He has great success. People love him as the king. And way past this episode, one day he says, is there not a son of Jonathan? Now, Jonathan was Saul's son. And one, of, one of the servants said, yes, I remember a guy. Um, he's not much, no one knows about him. He's the only descendant. And he's crippled in both feet. There's, there's a guy and he lives somewhere and he actually says he's in the house of this person in the town of this and he's crippled in both feet and nobody knows him. He's the last descendant of King Saul. Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth is the guy's name. Notice there at the end, Saul says, you know what, I know you're going to be king. But don't extinguish my family. Don't stomp out my lineage. Don't cut off the name of my father. My father had a name and I'm proud of that name. Don't cut it off. Well, if you read that account, it's in 2 Samuel. Mephibosheth. David says, go get the guy and bring him, to, bring him to Jerusalem. And all the days of his life, he says this. Take care of him. It's not what he says. Make him, make him prosper. It's not what he says. He says, when I eat, he shall eat. And he will sit at my table. You know what David did? No payment that he received. He kept his word. Let me say this. Our world is quickly dissolving. Our world is crumbling. The, the foundations of our world are, are falling apart. Uh, we, we got a country today that's so messed up. Uh, we, we got things going on, crazy stuff going on. We're spending all this time impeaching all these things, all this crazy stuff, and it goes back to this. You know what's missing today? Men of integrity, men of character, men that say, you know what, I, you're not going to have to check behind me. If I say something, you can take it to the bank. Men that say, you know what, I exist for the glory of a living God. You're not going to have to wonder my motivation. You're not going to have to see if I'm self-serving. I exist for the glory of the living God. Listen, right in this room, let us be men of godly character, men of the truth, men of our word, and most of all, men seeking the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The greatest thing that could be said of you hasn't happened in your past. The greatest thing that could be said of you is this. You know what? There was a day that they drove down a stake and they existed for the glory of their Savior, Jesus Christ. You have that potential right now. They existed for the glory of their Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us be men of godly character. Glad you're here. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come today and I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the truth. And not just any truth, but I'm thankful for the truth.
by which I am saved, the truth that you are gracious and that you're kind, the truth that you're powerful, the truth that you are Emmanuel, God with us, that you are the Savior, Jesus, the truth that though we've all sinned, that our sin is remedied and paid for in the cross of Calvary, the truth that you're resurrected from the grave, that you live, that you stand today in victory, the truth that you're coming again, the truth that you fill us now in the Holy Spirit of God, Lord, I am thankful for the truth. May we be men of the truth, agents of the truth, speakers of the truth, ambassadors of the truth. Lord, I pray when you come again that you'd be honored in men of integrity that sought your great glory to display it to a lost and dying world. Use us for that. Lord, I'm thankful for the forgiveness of my sin. Lord, I'm thankful that you didn't write me off and write us off. That you renew us, you restore us, And if we will submit, you will use us. Lord, I pray that you be greatly glorified in us. We love you, we thank you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen.